Thank you for tuning in to Remodeling Mastery by Mark Richardson. Brought to you by Surefire Social. For more advice, tips, and strategy on small business marketing, visit surefiresocial.com forward slash podcast. Hi, I'm Mark Richardson, and welcome to Remodeling Mastery. Remodeling Mastery is a podcast series that really gives you a chance to sit back and not only reflect on sort of where you've been, where you are today, but most importantly, where you're heading and where you look into the future. This particular series or this particular topic today I want to talk about is managing growth. Now, as you think about managing growth, you know, growing in sort of the go-go times, growing during the recession, growing during the recovery period, are all different sort of environments of growth. It's very much like a sports team who are really ahead or at or behind where they forecast need to be. So as you think about managing growth, I think the first thing you have to really fully understand is the environment, is the competition, is the context that you're managing the growth. It's not necessarily easy out there, but there are times in terms of the stars and planets that really, I think, gives you, I think, the motivation to be able to not only manage growth, but also be able to rally up the team to focus more on top line and profitability growth in a business. The first thing I always like to look at is I'm a big believer that you need to balance the facts and figures with your emotions. You're emotionally maybe be ready to rock and roll, but quite frankly, that's all fantasy stuff unless the facts and figures in the environment really supports it. So as you think back first and look at the environment, look at sort of what we've done and where we've been in the last 10 years. You know, back in the go-go times, homes were appreciating at a double-digit level. We got into the recession and homes in most of the markets in the United States dropped off pretty dramatically. In 2011, in a Case-Shiller report, only two or three of the major top 25 markets in the country were appreciating. The rest were depreciating or flat. However, within about an 18-month or 20-month period of time, by 2013, 24 of the 25 markets were appreciating. Now, home appreciation is one of the key elements I think you need to keep an eye on. It's a key element, not only just in terms of actual equity that's being built, but it creates, I think, confidence for your clients to really invest and act on doing remodeling. The second of the planets out there that it's important for you to think about is interest rates. You know, interest rates not only are at continue to be at historic lows. But also, if you ask most experts, they're going to say interest rates are going to go up, not go down. So if we see some inching up in terms of some of the interest rates, that's going to create even more urgency. That urgency is going to get your clients to act. So not only interest rates are low and people can borrow and get a lot more out of their money because of their borrowing, But also, I think there's a sense of urgency. They better get going now. Otherwise, they may cost them later. The third element that's important, I think, is employment. Now, when you look at unemployment, it's not so much about whether someone has a job or not. Even in the worst of times, 8 out of 10 people have a job. It's more a question of the issue of perception and confidence. 
you know, am I going to have a job next year? If I start to see a lot of media reports that are focused on unemployment rates going up, then I'm going to be a little bit more concerned, a little bit more nervous whether I want to invest in. Another element which you don't necessarily watch as much, and that is the homes that are underwater or people in the United States really owe a lot more. You know, in the worst of times in the recession, it got to the point where about 2 million homes in the United States were underwater, where right today it's about one quarter of that number. So again, I think it creates times that are much much more positive for those involved in home improvement. The stock market is another thing to keep an eye on. I ask audiences all the time, are you anxious to go dump the money into the stock market? And most people say no, they really are not that interested in terms of some of the risk and some of the volatility that they've experienced in the stock market. However, the stock market is a pulse and indicator. You know, in the worst of times after the crash to today, the Dow's actually up about 300% in that period of time. So again, that's a very positive sign that certainly I think overall the economy, the overall sort of level of wealth that I think people are having, I think is much better. And all these parts and pieces add up to the consumer confidence. And that's what's really the biggest driver in terms of home improvement activity is consumer confidence. Now, I share these stars and planets really for one simple reason, in that if you want to really manage growth, if you want to have, I think, that uh, level of uh, enthusiasm about where the industry is going, you really have to look at it. Is it a time to hunker down or is it a time to really put the pedal down and really see some healthy and steady growth? And again, all of, I think, the indicators out there really give you, I think, the motivation. The motivation to invest the time and energy and really gain some market share. Now, as you think about the subject of growth, it's important, I think, to think about why you should grow. Now, for many, many years, I thought having been involved with one organization, that, you know, everybody needed to sort of think about growth in a similar way, that the fundamental motivations that I had and that we had were really similar to most businesses. And what I realized, I think, is that there's a lot of different motivations that owners have. You've got to ask yourself, why grow? You've got to ask yourself, what is your motivation to even be in business as opposed to working for someone else. And I think if you are focused properly on understanding that motivation, I think it's going to make a big difference. So a couple of years ago for Professional Remodeler Magazine, I wrote a column of the seven motivations that I'm seeing out there with owners, big and small, of remodeling companies. And some of those motivations that I'm going to touch on now, but also it's a good thing if you go back and look at some of the other podcasts you can drill a little bit more deeply in, are as follows. The first one is that you're an entrepreneur. You're looking for that excitement, new opportunities. You're looking at that new shiny object I oftentimes talk about. You've got this entrepreneurial spirit. You know, your motivation for growth, quite frankly, is that you get bored very easily and you want to try, try a new division, a new product, new something else. Now, that may not oftentimes result in the highest levels of profit today, but at least you have the ability to believe, at least for the future, it's going to make a big difference. 
The second motivation is more fundamental. You're just happy that you have a job. You know, many remodelers started their business because they lost a job or they wanted to work for themselves or they wanted to have the credibility of being able to say, I have my own business and I have a job. The third motivation I oftentimes see out there is that you're an investor and your business is purely just an investment that you want to see the returns. So how you approach your decisions in business is very different when you look at it in as investment as opposed to you have a place to go or as opposed that you have a way in an entrepreneur, entrepreneurial spirit to fulfill some of that creativity. The fourth motivation that I oftentimes see with some uh, remodeling folks out there is a more motivation that is, is ego-driven. It's ego-driven about you feeling good about yourself, about having a business, about making a difference. It's really driven in many ways more, more by the ego than anything else. The fifth motivation that I see, and it's certainly one that I would subscribe to myself, but also I'm not judgmental and it's not necessarily everybody's motivation, and that is your motivation is to create a great business. And that great business has a life of its own. That great business is, in fact, the patient that you look at and the team looks at every day. It's made up of people. It's made up of processes. It's made up of systems. It's made up of a real client base that you want to work and massage and, and, and make more fulfilling to the future. So the kind of products and services and how you think about growth is really much more holistic in terms of looking at the business as being the driver. Another motivation that I see out there that's pretty popular, I think, for many businesses is, in fact, that you have a cause. You have a calling that is a cause that's greater than you. You're almost more of an evangelist. You know, your cause could be related to, to the environment. It could be related to aging in place. It could be related to the community and doing certain things. And at the end of the day, the growth of your brand and the growth of what you're doing and what you're caring about is more about a cause that's greater than the product and service. It's greater than necessarily the business itself. It's something that is really making a difference. And the last motivation that articulating these seven motivations that really is represented, I think, with many, many remodeling businesses out there, and it's what I call the legacy. Oftentimes, a remodeling business is a family business. It could be a father, son, grandson. It could be a brother, brother. It could be a sister, brother. It could be related cousins in business. It doesn't really matter. It also could be non-blood relationships in terms of thinking about the legacy and the future of the business. So your motivation today may be more about what the business might be in the future for a family or non-family member. So as you think about growth, how you're positioning for growth may be about staying in business or having sustainability in the business for the future. So as you reflect on this whole question of managing growth, you got to look at the economy. you got to look at sort of the environment. But you also have to look in the mirror and say, why? Why should I grow? And if you're not in tune with what your f fundamental motivations are, I think you're going to have really a tough time. Now, three fundamental growth strategies that I see out there or common denominators I see out there with the most successful remodeling companies, big or small, they have these three common denominators that I want to touch on. 
The first is that they have the right mindset. You know, Henry Ford said, if you think you can or can't, you're right. It all starts with having the right mindset and believing. But mindset's got a lot of legs to it. It's not just about warm, fuzzy, high fives, group hugs. It's also about work ethic. It's also about realizing that the remodeling business is very much of a team sport as opposed to an individual sport. It's also a mindset that's focused around time. Today, time is not on your side. You've got to have the right pace of business today to be successful. So the first element that I see with the most successful folks out there, again, big or small, is that they have the right mindset. The second is that they're in shape. You know, business today is not easy. It's difficult. It's difficult. It's more like climbing the Rocky Mountains rather than strolling through the Shenandoahs. And when you're out there, for those that get out there and do hiking and biking and climbing, and you know that if you push it to the extreme, you have to be in better shape to be able to do that. So the second element that I see are the best of the best, they do focus on the element of their fundamental fitness. Are they in shape? You know, fitness when it comes to a business, and this is what I wrote the book, How Fit Is Your Business, about. It comes to business. It's got many legs to it. It's almost like going to the doctor and getting your blood pressure and your cholesterol checked. It's got many elements when it comes to personal health, and the same thing is coming to business. So the first thing is you got to understand those 10 key elements when it comes to business fitness, but you also have to pay attention to those. You've got to work on those particular elements. If you have, for example, four or five of those elements that are especially strong, you've got to have the discipline to focus on your weaknesses, not just your strengths. The third element that I see out there that those that are managing growth successfully and, in fact, the top three growth strategy criteria is they're adjusting and changing. Now, I did a whole podcast on this subject of change that I encourage you to go back to. But if a business is not changing, it will become irrelevant. And I know for you, becoming irrelevant is really an insult. It's an insult to your clients. It's an insult to your team. It's an insult to yourself. It's to your family. So what you have to do today, I think, is you have to focus on the subject of adjusting and tweaking and changing. And it's got to be part of your DNA. You know, look back and reflect back 10 years ago versus today. The level of change in terms of the client, in terms of the technology, in terms of the marketplace. And in between all those 10 years, we had this giant recession. We had this drought that was going on. So I think as you think about that issue, it's important to adjust and change. Are you changing enough? And again, I encourage you to go back and reflect either through the readings on this subject or go back to an earlier podcast where we went much, much deeper in terms of some of the marketing strategies and the sales strategies, as well as certainly uh, the, the, the client and how they've changed. So the other element that I want to just sort of summarize on this particular podcast when it comes to managing growth is that the best of the best that manage growth, whether it's good times, bad times, they're always managing growth, they really have, I think, this whole element of success habits. You know, when it comes to your personal life, we all understand having good habits and bad habits, but when it comes to success in business, you also need to have really good habits. You have to be more of a student of success. You've got to be investing a certain amount of time 
every week into moving forward. If you're not moving forward and growing, if you're not improving yourself, you're probably going to slip back. You know, the whole theme of training's an investment, not an expense. Such an important, simple little theme out there, but starting to invest more in training. And your training opportunities today are with your manufacturers and your suppliers. But most importantly, it's a mindset of seeing it as an expense, as, as an investment, that you, in fact, expect a return from it. You know, the whole subject today of mastering the talent, mastering the labor, I think is so important if you're going to be successful. You also have to realize that none of us are really as smart as all of us. You know, the relationships are starting to change pretty dramatically. You know, I encourage companies today, businesses, remodelers, to start to change the paradigm of how they're thinking about strategic alliances. You know, you need to wipe out of your vocabulary the word vendor or supplier and replace it with strategic partnership or strategic alliance. And once you start to call that relationship something different, you start to look at it a little bit differently. You start to look for win-win solutions. You start to look for ways you can grow the business together. You start to look for efficiencies ways you can generate leads together, ways that you can leverage each other in terms of the level of talent and improvement in your business and health and profitability. Also, strategic partnerships is also about other competitors in the marketplace. You know, this is so important. Remodeling is a very, very fragmented community, and there's really very, very few that have large market shares. So most of your competitors out there today are, in fact, the client, not necessarily other remodelers and builders. And I think the more you gather together and you share ideas, you're going to be successful. You know, the education community is not going to come from the universities. It's not going to come from the public school system. So I think it's important that you start to leverage the education that the, that the suppliers uh, are sharing with you in the strategic alliances and manufacturers, and you gain those credentials, I think, to be able to improve. So I want to summarize, I think, with today's podcast. And I know this has been a real mouthful, and I encourage you to forward this to others if you think it'd be beneficial to them in your organization. You know, success today, I think, is a verb, not a noun. It's really more about the actions that you do, not necessarily what your beliefs and what your hopes and desires. You know, most of us have heard the adage, the road to hell is paved by good intentions. You know, I think it's important that, that you take these intentions and you put them into actions. So I want to thank everybody for listening to this broadcast or listening to this podcast today. You know, again, managing growth in these times are not only the right thing to do, but an important thing to do if you want to position yourself for the future. Take care, everyone. Remodeling Mastery by Mark Richardson was created to help business owners like you grow your business. Learn something new today? Let us know by tweeting at Surefire Social. For more podcasts, visit surefiresocial.com forward slash podcast.